Hi, I'm Matt Bush, the news director at Blue Ridge Public Radio. The following is a candidate forum we held in our studios on February 7th with three candidates running for the Republican nomination for North Carolina's 11th Congressional District, which encompasses all of western North Carolina. Incumbent Republican Mark Meadows announced in December he would retire instead of seeking a fifth term in office. That set off a mad scramble of Republican candidates filing to run in a roughly 36-hour period before the deadline to do so. All told, 11 candidates are running in the GOP primary. Each were invited to participate in two forums BPR held. We have three in this forum. Wayne King, Vance Patterson, and Albert Wiley. Before we get to that, a reminder that early voting for the primary election in North Carolina runs until February 29th. Those who have not registered to vote yet will only be able to do so during the early voting period. You can find a full list of early voting locations and the hours they are open at our website, bpr.org. The deadline to request an absentee by mail ballot is February 25th, and primary day is Tuesday, March 3rd. And remember, you do not need photo ID to vote in the primary election. Now, on with the show. So we'll start with opening statements, and we will begin with Wayne King. Good morning. My name is Wayne King. I was former Deputy Chief of Staff for Congressman Meadows the last seven years, former Vice Chairman of the State Republican Party, and I believe we need a member of Congress that can hit the ground running on day one. I think it's important that we have someone that understands constituent services. Many of these candidates will vote exactly the same way in Washington, D.C., without any question. I mean, most, you're dealing with mostly conservative people. And the thing that separates me apart is I have ran the constituent service operation for Congressman Meadows the last seven years. I believe that's where the rubber meets the road at, is helping people with their IRS issues, their VA issues, and the like. I mean, when you, when you talk about helping people cut through the red tape in Washington, I am the only candidate that can do that. I uh, look forward to answering your questions this morning. Thank you. Okay. Vance Patterson. My name is Vance Patterson. I'm a father of four, married 45 years to my wife, Mary Jo. We've been living in Western North Carolina for 26 years. I'm a serial entrepreneur in that I've started 21 companies. Also, I've taught entrepreneurship at the University of Oxford in England. Two of my companies that I'm operating right now make industrial fans. We actually make things out of metal, ship them across the country and around the world. I'm a very proud American manufacturer. Six years ago, Mary Jo and I also started an education foundation that uh, builds and gifts permanent displays of the Declaration of Independence, U.S. Constitution, and Bill of Rights to communities around the country. You have one here in Buncombe County, right across from the courthouse downtown Asheville. These uh, settings are designed to last 300 to 500 years, and we have done 28 of these across the country. 14 of them here in Western North Carolina. We've got a dedication coming up in Mitchell County on the 17th of this month. President Trump is a businessman, he's an entrepreneur, and a, and a visionary. He sees things that are possible and then puts together a team and makes things happen. As you can see from my family experience, business, and foundation, I also am a man of works over words. On health care, I will work to make permanent reforms that do not allow for Medicare for all. Medicare for all means less Medicare for those already receiving it. Social Security must stay funded and solvent. It is not an entitlement. It is a personal account. The Second Amendment. I will fight any attempt to change any of the 27 words of the Second Amendment that ends in a period 
because without the Second Amendment, the other amendments and the Constitution may never matter. I will fight against aborting babies. Abortion is an atrocity against mankind. I believe any idea conceived by God should be cared for in this lifetime. I look forward to your questions. Okay. And Albert Wiley. Thank you. I'm uh, Dr. Uh, Albert Wiley. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, I am uh, believe I am very well qualified to uh, serve and also to be a be great benefit to this district. <clears throat> I'm a, a cancer specialist uh, physician. I've had a, but I've had, uh, and I've had about 40 years experience in that. Uh, I am uh, also started out though as a nuclear engineer and with that experience and with my 30-year association with the uh, U.S. Navy Reserve, <clears throat> mostly uh, active duty during the Vietnam era, but uh, uh, continuous service and deployment uh, over the years, uh, I think all of these uh, life experiences as uh, uh, director of cancer centers at the University of Wisconsin and also at uh, associate director at the University of Wisconsin and as a director at East Carolina University. Uh, this 40-year experience in medicine, I think, uh, well prepares me to understand what people need. So I will be, I will be running on uh, trying to improve the uh, health care, the uh, public health, and also uh, uh, try to uh, stimulate some uh, new types of biotechnology businesses. I served on the governor's council uh, in Wisconsin on biotechnology and learned quite a bit about how to start new uh, biotechnology industries. I uh, ran for Congress in 1984 uh, and President Reagan strongly endorsed me, so uh, I hope that uh, people will understand that I have uh, long-term uh, strongly conservative values. I'm also a Trump Republican. He reminded me of President Reagan, so I've supported him since uh, he announced. I am a native of Western North Carolina, grew up in Canton primarily, but also a little in Highlands and uh, Forest City. Uh, I've actually worked in Western North Carolina, Macon, I mean uh, uh, Jackson and uh, Cherokee counties uh, in clinics within the last 10 years. So I understand the district and its people. Thank you. Okay. And we'll go on to question and answers now, and each candidate will have 90 seconds to respond to the questions. We will start with the first question to Vance Patterson, and that is, what do you feel the biggest issue is facing the 11th Congressional District? I believe it's the same issue. You want local issues or? Any issue. I, you know, health care is probably the biggest issue facing anybody in America right now. Uh, as they say, people can be one instance away from, from disaster. Uh, I believe health care should be reformed such that you get what you need, but you pay for what you want. Uh, you know, the, the like, likening it to, uh, uh, you know, working on your car. You know, you don't get insurance to pay for changing the oil, and yet you have catastrophic insurance should you have a crash. I believe it should, we should open up the uh, state lines. There's a, an act that was enacted back in 1944 called the, something like the Massey-Ferguson Act, which the states were allowed to regulate health insurance, and that's why you can't 
have health insurance going across state lines. That needs to be reformed or repealed uh, so you can have that uh, trade across state lines so you've got free market competition. You know, you've, you've seen the ads, Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. That's about car insurance. And you can, and with Liberty Insurance, you can pick what you want, and yet you have the catastrophic insurance that you need. That's what we need to do about health care reform. Also, allow the patents to be modified such that, uh, or so that the big pharma can't just tweak a patent a little bit and get an extension on that patent to keep that from becoming a generic drug. That is something that the government can do. All right, Albert Wiley. Uh, well, I. <clears throat> What's the uh, main problem facing the district at this time? Uh, I, I would agree there are certain chronic issues. Uh, healthcare has been a, been a problem uh, in terms of uh, how to finance it for a number of years. Uh, and uh, uh, but I also think uh, there are uh, there is a need for retraining of people uh, who've lost their jobs in the furniture and textile industries, and uh, retraining so that. I think we ought to set a policy in the district of uh, chronically uh, re uh, retraining people and setting up opportunities for them to retrain themselves in community and other colleges. Uh, there's a lot that the federal government can do uh, in uh, facilitating that. Uh, but the major issue in the district at any given time uh, can always change. For example, what if the uh, current uh, coronavirus became a pandemic, then I believe also that uh, constituent services is uh, the main job of any congressman. And uh, he has to be preparing his office to react to things uh, that may threaten the district at any time, such as uh, uh, hopefully this won't happen, but there's a lot of concern about this uh, coronavirus in China right now. So I think we have to be prepared as a congressman to serve the people in your district to, uh, uh, for a variety of environmental, forest fires, whatever it is, uh, at any given time. So he needs to be constantly preparing uh, his office to respond to other things in addition to addressing the chronic needs of veterans and unemployed and drug addicts and so forth. Okay. Wayne King. Well, I think that's a great question. I think there's a number of issues that's facing Western North Carolina, and being in Congressman Mehta's office the last seven years, uh, I, I believe that constituent service is something that has to be main sure, ma maintained, and we've done a great job with that. And I, I agree with one of the other candidates that mentioned health care. Health care is something that affects people every single day. And the problem is with the health care issue is we can't agree in Washington, D.C. We've got people pulling from every angle a every day about what, what, ne what needs to happen, what doesn't need to happen. Uh, the president has put out many proposals about health care, and they can't even get through Congress because of Speaker Pelosi and some of the radical left. So I believe health care must be addressed. That is something that affects every single uh, member of our society. We need to make sure that um, catastrophic uh, health care is in there. We also need to be pre-existing conditions. Pre-existing conditions, uh, we need to buy across state lines. There's a number of things that has to happen about the health care issue, and we must work together with uh, other Republican and conservative members to make sure that happens. We'll go to our second question, and Albert Wiley, this goes to you first. The U.S. has seen an extended economic boom over the last decade, but at the same time, the federal deficit has also been growing. Why do you think that is, and what do you, as a member of Congress, plan to do about it? 
Well, the deficit is growing <laughs> because Congress cannot discipline itself. Uh, and uh, uh, that's, uh, I, I suppose it's human nature when you get into an office like a congressman that uh, you want to give benefits to people to, uh, of course, uh, keep them happy with you and uh, keep you in office. I plan to serve only two to three terms. I think uh, uh, term limits might help with the uh, deficit problem. Uh, once a, a congressman gets in too long, they get too indebted to lobbyists and uh, catering to their needs and funding more and more of whatever they need. Uh, I self-fund, uh, I'm self-funding this congressional election. I've run uh, several times and uh, I always self-fund myself in the primary uh, so that I'm not going to be obligated uh, to uh, uh, special interest. I'm obligated to the people who send me to that office if I'm or were ever fortunate enough to be elected. Uh, the um, Certainly, uh, I, I agree with President Trump on almost everything. He's done a great job in cutting back on regulations and uh, facilitating uh, uh, growth in the economy, which helps to offset the de debt and the deficit. Uh, and uh, I, like Congressman Meadows, who's done a great job supporting President Trump, uh, he's going to, President Trump's going to need support uh, in the coming years, uh, even when he, after he gets reelected, because I'm sure the Democrats are going to continually be after him, and he's going to need people in Congress who are going to vote strongly to support him, and uh, I would do that. Wayne King. Well, the debt certainly is out of control, and as, as one of the youngest candidates in this field, I, I happen to believe that uh, we need to make sure our financial house is in order. And to do that, I think we, we've got to start looking at individual agencies instead of these omnibus and cromnibus bills that are coming before members of Congress, and, and you just have a bloated spending package. And we've seen that from Republicans and Democrats. Uh, when the Republicans are in charge, they were doing the exact same thing. When the Democrats are in charge, they're doing the same thing. We must have people that are unified to stand up and say, you know what, enough is enough. We need to look at every single federal agency, and we need to be sure that everything is spent is spent on, on things that are needed. We've had you know, just tons of, of radical, wasteful spending in various agencies that's been reported over the, over the last few years. And we've got to get that in order. We've got to make sure that the tax cuts are permanent. And we've got to be sure that we do everything we can to make sure our financial house is in order. Thank you. Vance Patterson. I looked at this back in 2012 and ran the numbers out. I was a financial analyst, ran the numbers out, and I said that our, our national debt is going to be bigger than our military budget if we don't do something about it. And it is approaching that now. The national uh, uh, the, the, uh, interest on the national debt is running around $479 billion. Um, yeah, $450 billion, And military spending is around $579 billion right now. So it's approaching that, and that is not right. We don't have a revenue problem. We've got a spending problem. President Bush, uh, Bush, President uh, uh, Trump's tax cut generated another 133 billion in revenue, but spending went up another 239 billion. So, people talk about balancing the budget, and that is just. To me, that is the worst way to try to approach this. Uh, they've been talking about it for years, and not, they haven't done it and probably won't do it, uh, doing a balanced budget amendment. In my companies, we don't have budgets. 
And the way we do it is somebody wants to buy something, they come to me, they, we talk about it, and I tell them, it sounds like a good idea, but don't spend any money. And they know what that means. They go away, they come back with numbers, uh, competitive pricing, things, and good reasons. We talk about it again, and then we go ahead and do it. We get what we need without having budgets. Now, I'm not saying that's what we could do with the government, but somewhere between what we're doing now and the way I run my companies is a way to, to uh, control spending because we don't have a, uh, uh, a spending problem in my country, in my company. Right now we don't have a revenue problem either, which is a pretty sweet spot to be in. Okay. Go to our next question and that, who started last time? Wayne, you started last time, so Vance starts this time. Oh, it's your turn, sorry. Get, my, get myself confused here, I apologize. <laughs> so we'll start with uh, Wayne King first and that is, do you support any changes around gun laws and if so, what would they be? I do not. I believe that uh, law-abiding citizens should be able to protect themselves and bear arms. I happen to believe that, uh, you know, it, it's your constitutional right, number one. I mean, uh, the, the, there's been a number of sanctuary city issues and sanctuary county issues, and a lot of that's come before uh, their county uh, bodies, their county commissions, and, and I, I applaud uh, what many of the county commissions have done all across western North Carolina. Here in Asheville, you've got a problem with your sheriff. Your sheriff are harboring criminals. That uh, it's just the bottom line, and he's not working with ICE. I think that is a problem. I think there should be repercussions on, on that individual. I believe that uh, we need to be sure that men and women, law-abiding citizens, can protect their families and, and protect their property, and I, I don't think that you can do that without uh, having a, a weapon. Thank you. Vance Patterson. As I said earlier, the Second Amendment ends in a period, and it needs to remain that way. Uh, if you think back, our founding fathers weren't that far from, from Mother England. And in England, the British Empire, they did not allow them to have uh, firearms. So when they got them here, they wanted to keep them, and that's why they wrote that Second Amendment. You have to realize that one of the biggest concerns in all families is security, security in the home. One of the worst fears of a hardened criminal, a violent criminal, is an armed victim. Because armed victims don't have any rules. If you've got a gun in your house, you don't have any rules like the police do. The police have rules and the, and the uh, criminals know that. 87% of all mass killings since 1950 have happened in gun-free zones. I believe we need to provide security in our schools with concealed carry as one possibility. My wife and I are both concealed carry. And we went through that class, and they don't just teach you how to shoot a gun. They teach you all the safety rules, where to hide a gun in a house, keep it away from kids. There is no place. The kids will find it. You have to keep it secure. So that's the kind of training that goes into concealed carry for anybody carrying inside a school. Uh, there are also training classes that the sheriff's department can come out and do. We had it done at our, at our businesses as to what to do should there be an uh, uh, active shooter on campus. That can be done in the schools. You run, you hide, and then you fight. And that's what they teach you, and that can be taught in the schools also. Okay. Albert Wiley. Uh, well, I, I agree with everything that's been said. Uh, the uh, Second Amendment was written by our founders uh, for a good reason, and that type of reason still stands, uh, it, not only for protecting against common uh, criminals, uh, protecting our families, uh, but also uh, we have to constantly be aware of uh, uh, the possibility uh, that uh, uh, there can be terrorist groups arise that uh, people will have to defend themselves 
against. Hopefully that would never happen. But I think the background checks, if they're done uh, well and with the artificial intelligence uh, searching of uh, computer systems now, uh, I think uh, that is adequate to keep people who are, are uh, having mental difficulties uh, from uh, having uh, weapons. Uh, so I, I don't see any need for any change. Okay. We'll go on to our next question, and Vance Patterson gets this one first. Western North Carolina in particular has been hit hard by the opioid crisis. What as a legislator at the federal level can you do about this and about access to health care in general? Well, I mean, certainly uh, help out with law enforcement, um, make, make sure they've got what they need as far as materials and equipment, uh, training. Uh, going beyond just the opioids, uh, we've got a real methamphetamine problem here in Western North Carolina. This is something that uh, has always been there. Of course, the opioids were more, uh, got a lot more attention for a while, but methamphetamines are coming back very strong because of the supply and demand. Now, it used to be that uh, these meth labs might be in a trailer park or something like that. Not anymore. The meth is coming up out of, out of Mexico, across the border, which is one reason we need the border wall to focus all the attention on the border crossings rather than and the criminals, rather than the families down there. But we need to stop that flow of methamphetamines coming up from Mexico into Atlanta and into South Carolina and then into Western North Carolina. Uh, methamphetamines are something that uh, there is no treatment for. I mean, there's no, no uh, medical treatment. There are three um, uh, medical treatments for opioids. There's nothing like that for methamphetamines. There are treatment centers, and we need to uh, allow for more of that, supporting of those treatment centers. Um, I, I believe that's what we can do, and if we can focus the attention on it, we can get something done. Okay. Albert Wiley. Well, there's no question about it that uh, the opioid is, has been and is a crisis in the uh, uh, this district as well as throughout the country actually uh, and part of it uh, was due to uh, uh, poor prescribing practices by physicians. I think uh, that is being corrected by uh, uh, the, the uh, medical associations. Uh, I think that we're being much more careful as physicians. I prescribed a lot uh, as a cancer physician uh, but uh, there are other drugs now and other ways that uh, uh, we can uh, uh, handle patients' pain. Uh, the fentanyl uh, crisis is also like the methamphetamine. Uh, fentanyl is an extremely dangerous drug. Uh, can uh, actually was used as a bio weapon, uh, uh, or was thought of as a bio weapon. It's so dangerous, uh, and uh, I think the Russians may have used it. At, one time at a terrorist event. So uh, these, these drugs are all dangerous. I personally believe marijuana is a very dangerous drug and I hope uh, that this uh, federal government, and I would vote against it every time it came up as a federal, uh, if it comes up as a congressman, I certainly hope North Carolina doesn't go along with these other states. They're already finding out what a big mistake it is and. Uh, impairing the function of our young people. We've got to protect the brains of our young people, and these drugs are all bad for their brains. We're going to need their intellectual power in the future. Okay. Wayne King. Well, I think this is a very important issue <coughs> involving uh, the medical community, the law enforcement community, 
and eight of the 13 Republican sheriffs in the district has endorsed me. And the reason they endorsed me is because of issues just like this, the issues that we've been working on in, in Congressman Meadows' office. We, we, we have made it a priority to be sure that treatment centers are getting extra funding, to be sure that law enforcement are getting the training through grants through the federal government. We also made sure that the federal law enforcement is working with local law enforcement. Those are critically important things, and we need to be sure that we continue that and even strengthen that. Um, I, I know many people, and I've met with many people across this district um, that are struggling with this issue. Families are being broken up. There are people dying because of it. It's an issue that has to be addressed. I know the state legislature has, has addressed it some. We need to make sure that we're working with physicians, with the law enforcement community, to be sure this issue is addressed on a national level. Thank you. Next question starts with Albert Wiley, and, and that is, what changes, if any, do you wish to see in federal immigration policy? Well, I think our immigration laws, uh, if I were in Congress and had uh, aides and so forth to really educate me in detail about these laws, uh, be, I could say this with more certainty. But I think from what I understand, our laws are pretty good. It's just they're not being enforced. Uh, and so uh, specifically what change I might make in an immigration law right now, I, I, I wouldn't want to say. I'd like to... Uh, I believe that enforcement of our current laws is good. I do believe that the wall is necessary. After all, uh, Robert Frost, a, uh, President Kennedy's poet, uh, said in his inauguration, uh, good fences make good neighbors. Uh, and I think that's true but, uh, with about this wall. Uh, I've seen, uh, I've spent a lot of time in Israel as part of my job in the last uh, uh, 10 years, 10 or 12 years as a uh, medical uh, emergency response uh, person for the Department of Energy training people in 25 countries. I've seen these walls work very well in uh, Israel in controlling all sorts, interdicting all sorts of uh, uh, bad substances from coming into their country as well as terrorism, uh, uh, drugs and so forth. So uh, I think uh, uh, the, the wall is necessary to keep uh, uh, our uh, some stability in our uh, immigration numbers. Uh, it becomes chaos if, if the whole world comes in at one time. Okay. Wayne King. Well, uh, first of all, I believe that we must um, continue securing our border and building the wall. I think that is critically important, that we have a secure border. We need people to come through the front door instead of the back door in our country. We need to know who's here. I spoke of law enforcement just a few minutes ago. Law enforcement leaders are concerned about that. They're concerned about who's here to make sure that the men and women, uh, are their, their men and women are safe on their law enforcement agencies, but the citizens are safe. And that is extremely important. We need to be sure that we uh, require absolutely fundamentally require law enforcement leaders and heads of agencies just like the sheriff here in Buncombe County to be sure that we make sure that he follows the federal immigration laws. That is a huge concern that I have. We must have a unified approach for securing our nation. And this, this results in terrorism and other things that where criminals come to our and, and cause problems. We also, we also uh, must have some way of being sure that we have workers for the hospitality industry and the um, agriculture industry, but we need to make sure that there are fair 
legal citizens and we need to have a pathway for those people to come in in a, in a temporary basis in a fair legal way nonviolent criminals and I'm you know and, and we need to be sure that we do that the law the uh, agriculture leaders in this uh, in this district are crying out for help they can't find enough help and we've got to be sure that we have a pipeline of people that can come here in a fair legal manner as long as they do not cause any kind of criminal issues or anything right. like that thank you okay Vance Patterson. We have a, a good immigration policy. You just can't enforce it because we've got an open border. There's 2,000 miles roughly of uh, border between the United States and Mexico. 700 miles of that is land. The other 1,300 is the Rio Grande. So it takes some creative uh, um, thoughts as to how to secure that border. As I said earlier, once we secure the border, we can force the cross point, uh, people crossing at uh, regulated cross points. Then Border Patrol can focus on the criminals and not on the families. Once we have the people here, and thank you to uh, Presidents Bush, Clinton, Bush, and Obama, we've got 11 to 17 million illegal uh, immigrants or illegal people here in the United States and what to do about them. Uh, nobody seems to have the right answer on that. I believe we have an immigration and naturalization department. Everybody forgets about the naturalization. I am not in favor of amnesty, but I am uh, willing to work with the uh, naturalization process to allow these people to become naturalized citizens going through the program, five years of residency, five years green card. They have to learn American history, learn to read and write uh, English, and becoming doing that, they will be more American than a lot of people walking down the streets right now when they learn that American history. Um, as as uh, Wayne said, we need these people to fill roles in our, uh, our workforce. We've built these uh, uh, charters of freedom settings around the country and one of the biggest problems we have are finding brick masons. Uh, it's hard to find somebody that still knows that craft. Time. That needs to tie back to our education process. Okay. And Wayne, you'll get the next question here first. Uh, the 11th District is home for, to the National Centers for Environmental Information in Asheville, which is the federal government's climate science office. It reported last year was the hottest year on record in North Carolina. What measures do you support or would you support at the federal level to combat the effects of climate change? Well, I have visited the, uh, the center here in Asheville a, a number of times, and I believe that we definitely need to look at that. I think that that's something that uh, we need to, to I mean, we need to make sure that there's a study done on that and to, to look at ways to co uh, combat climate change. And I think that there's obviously uh, scientists and folks that have worked currently with the federal government that has put out a number of plans. I'd love to learn more about that issue. Vance. Well, there's no question the climate is warming up. Uh, the last time we had climate change, it was cooling off. Uh, this is not man-caused climate change. Uh, the earth cools and warms naturally. And most legitimate scientists can explain to you why it, that happens. Uh, I grew up back in the 60s and I remember when the Cuyahoga River in downtown Cleveland caught on fire. Every fire truck in Cleveland was down pouring water on the river because of the pollution. They are now fishing again in the Cuyahoga River. I remember when Lake Erie was declared dead to commercial fishing. They are now fishing commercially in Lake Erie. I remember when we had acid rains coming up from, from uh, Alabama, killing all our lakes and rivers. That's not happening anymore. We are good stewards, or can be, have demonstrated that we can be good stewards of our environment. And this is what we need to do, is to maintain a good, clean environment and let the earth warm and cool as it will but I don't believe it's being caused by man. 
Robert Wiley. Yeah, I certainly agree that uh, we need to maintain a good, clean environment. As a cancer specialist, the best way to prevent, to deal with cancer is to prevent it. And that means having good, clean water and food and air. Uh, climate change uh, is a, uh, we all know there is climate change. We have fall, we have winter, we have summer, so forth. But what we're talking about is what has mankind done to contribute to this change, or is, has it been a natural process over the millions of years? Well, this is a very difficult scientific issue uh, having to do with, uh, here's one of my publications that I read often, Physics Today. Uh, they're talking about a lot about meteorology. Uh, the science of meteorology is a very complex science. I've learned it myself uh, as a nuclear engineer. At time, I had at times I had to deal with it in uh, uh, trying to plan where a uh, radioactive plume might go from a nuclear reactor accident, such as Fukushima and, and Chernobyl. Incidentally, where I have worked uh, at both places in recent years, uh, deployed there by the Department of Energy. Uh, and so I have experience with uh, meteorology and the understanding of it, but it's, it's a basic experience. And I do have many friends who are really expert in this field. And uh, I would say climate change has mankind influenced it at this point uh, needs to be studied. But I don't think uh, we should make any uh, uh, economic uh, uh, gestures uh, like the Paris uh, Accord uh, toward it. I think it needs to be studied. Uh, we'll and in this area, North Carolina, the western part of this beautiful western North Carolina, our forest fires. We need to concentrate as a congressman. You're over time. We have to go to the next question. Uh, doing something about helping to prevent forest fires. Okay. Thank you very much. We'll go on to the last, next question. That's our last question. This will be our last question before we then head to uh, final uh, uh, closing statements. And uh, this question goes to Vance Patterson. And that is, what do you feel is the biggest infrastructure need in the 11th district? Oh, having just driven back from Murphy, I would say fix the Nantahala mudslides that are occurring on a regular basis. It happened yesterday. I got held up driving over and it was closed when I came back. But, uh, you know, the infrastructure bill is going to be passed uh, sooner or later. We need to make sure that Western North Carolina gets what they need to provide, you know, fast, safe service uh, transportation uh, throughout the district. We've got a large district, 17 counties. Uh, we, you tell that to other people and they just their eyes kind of roll because it is huge and there are a lot of diverse challenges uh, across the district. So it, it needs to be, you know, an approach, not just throwing money at it, but you need it needs to be planned. You need to figure out what it's going to do to the environment, what it's going to do to the, uh, the culture of the area, and be careful what you wish for because you may end up changing things that, uh, that you really didn't want to do. Okay. Albert Wiley. Well, uh, chronically, uh, certainly, I hope uh, some in infrastructure bill is passed eventually by Congress uh, because that not only is uh, something uh, that would help us cu currently and, and our future populations, but it also will give a lot of good employment uh, to people who uh, are talented in these kinds of uh, skills of building roads, building bridges, so forth. Uh, 
this uh, what this part of the state certainly has a number of bridges that need some attention. Uh, it also has uh, uh, chronic problems with roads, mudslides, and so forth. So uh, there, we could spend money very wisely if it were available in this state in um, in that type of infrastructure. I also think some attention needs to be directed toward uh, uh, our water uh, uh, systems. My father, my father was uh, city manager of Forest City for a number of years, and uh, his big legacy, he was a chemical engineer, was uh, he brought them one of the better uh, water quality, drinking water quality plants in the country at the time. And uh, I'd like to make sure that uh, all of our, the infrastructure of our, of our water plants is good, uh, that there's no excessive lead and things like that in. Okay. Wayne King. Well, infrastructure is certainly something that um, needs to be talked about, and we need to be sure that we're not throwing money just at, a, at an issue. Rural broadband is something that I believe that uh, is, is, is a big effect uh, to the low uh, factories and things, that, that the recruitment efforts from a lot of your economic development teams have had a problem. Uh, everywhere I go, I hear from people about broadband. I think that's something that has to be addressed, especially in the rural communities um, where they can provide more and better paying jobs. Uh, there's a lot of companies that uh, cannot come to areas without uh, good rural broadband. And I think that's something that uh, the federal government has to step up to the plate to be sure that that is uh, serviced in, in a lot of our rural communities. I do believe that the road and bridges issue are, are something that's, that has to be talked about as well. But I also believe that we must have this as a comprehensive package that um, we're not just throwing money at a problem. We talked about debt a few minutes ago. It's hard to do a lot of these things if you're not talking about the debt that's going to that's gonna come on the backs of people. That has to be talked about as well. Thank you. Okay. And now we're going to go on to uh, closing statements. Each candidate will get one minute to make their closing statement today. And just a reminder to those viewing right now, uh, we will have a second forum with additional candidates coming up at noon today right here on our Facebook page. And I want to thank the candidates for coming in this morning and taking the time to uh, come to our forum. So we can begin our closing statements with Wayne King. Well, Matt, thanks so much for having us today. I I'm thank thankful for the opportunity. I believe that we, as a uh, district need to be sure that we send a member of Congress that can hit the ground running on day one. And I've said that several times. I am the only candidate in this race that can talk about and do the job from day one with regards to constituent service. I would love to be your member of Congress. You can check out more about me at WayneKingForCongress.com. That's WayneKingForCongress.com. We must be there to defend our president. We must send a member that's going to build the wall and secure our border, ensure that the military is ready. We must protect the right to life at conception. Our Second Amendments must not be trampled on by anybody, and we have to have someone that can stand up to the radical left and Nancy Pelosi. Thank you for the opportunity. Vance Patterson. Right, before my time stops, starts, I would hire somebody like Wayne, or I would hire Wayne to work with you on constituent services, and I would work with you on, on energy and uh, health care. Thank you, Matt, for having us today, because this is really important. My father used to say, to foresee is to rule. And I have looked at the Democratic candidates, and they're not going to run a socialist like they did against Mark Meadows. They're going to run, I believe, a left of center moderate, similar to Heath Schuler, and it's going to be very difficult to beat. We need to put out the most qualified candidate, somebody who can as much like President Trump as possible in business and in entrepreneurship. I have my family 
my business, and my foundation that I love very much working with. So people ask me, why am I running for U.S. Congress? And I tell them, because I know what to do. I know how to do it, and it would be irresponsible of me not to step up. If you elect me and send me to Washington, I will be the one who can sit in Congress congressional committee meetings and explain what President Trump is doing, why he's doing it, and what effect it will have on the trade and economy and jobs. I ask for your vote and your support. I am ready. Thank you. Albert Wiley. Uh, thank you very much for this opportunity, Matt. Yes, I, I agree that uh, 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 President uh, Trump needs uh, our support uh, and will need it when he's reelected. Uh, I have uh, worked very closely with almost every uh, federal agency the last 10 or 15 years. I retired as full-time as a cancer specialist. I still do it part-time in several hospitals down east, and that's why I re reside there right now. But I have a home in Rutherford County for the last 25 years, so I would be back up here if I were elected. I want to put that in uh, the comment. In. Uh, I have uh, the last 15 years worked for the Department of Energy, been deployed to 25 countries. I've uh, Many of like Israel and uh, uh, Russia and uh, 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 Ukraine uh, uh, a, a number of times. And I've, uh, I was even deployed to the Baghdad embassy, the one that recent rocket attacks uh, back in 2010. And I, uh, those rocket attacks were not new. They were going on even when I was there, when I was deployed as a contractor for the Department of Energy. But President Trump needs somebody in there who not only stand, understands his domestic policy, uh, but also his foreign policy. And I have learned quite a bit about foreign policy. I've been out of the country essentially a year and a half yeah. out of the last 10 years, and I've learned quite a bit. I've had a congressman, Bill Young, who was my first cousin. I worked with him. Uh, for thir uh, he was in Congress yeah. for almost 30 years. I worked closely with him. I've testified before. Uh, Senator Lehman's okay. Homeland Security you, staff. You I understand Congress very well. I will hit the ground running if you elect me for two to three terms. Thank okay. you. You've been listening to a candidate forum with the three Republicans seeking their party's nomination in North Carolina's 11th Congressional District, which encompasses all of Western North Carolina. Early voting concludes on February 29th for the primary, and those who have not yet registered to vote can only vote during the early voting period. For a full list of early voting sites and the hours they are open in Western North Carolina, use our early voting guide at BPR.org. The deadline to request an absentee by mail ballot is February 25th, and primary day itself is Tuesday, March 3rd. And remember, you do not need photo ID to vote in the primary election. I'm Matt Bush, and I thank you for listening. <laughs>